Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week. That being said, if you're ready to study the Word of God, say amen. amen. Let's do it. Get out your sermon notes and your Bible. We've got a lot of scripture to cover. It is going to be tons of fun. This is kind of the foundation. I'm going to be speaking on this subject for the next three Sundays. So it'll be a four-week series in, in all. And this one's called My Biggest Enemy, My Biggest Enemy. And I, I know you're, you're probably thinking already, well, already, okay, pastor, we're in church and you're saying my biggest enemy. So we obviously know that that's the devil. And I'm going to tell you that you're sort of wrong, actually. Sort of wrong. I mean, yes, you're right, but you're also wrong. And I'm going to prove that to you in Scripture today. So I, I want you to know that th this is going to be eye-opening and life-changing for so many of you here in this room as I, as I teach who and what your biggest enemy really is, what it really is. And um, I, I want you to, to grasp what we're talking about. And I want to pray before we start this series that God would just uh, open up our eyes and open up our ear, ears to, to see what he wants us to see and hear what he wants us to hear. And let's do that right now. Can we do that? This is a big issue. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, before we even begin this series uh, about our biggest enemy, we know that it, if we're talking about enemy, that means that there's some freedom that awaits. And I pray, Father, that every person in this room would experience the freedom that you offer in, in your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, that you would give us ears to hear, that, that you would give us minds to understand, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we could know you better, that we could know every single thing that you want us to know in this series. And so, Father, speak to us, and when you do, we will listen, and we will embrace it, and we will obey it according to your word and in, according to your will as well, Father. We pray those things in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Again, extremely, extremely famous passage of Scripture. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, so these are, these are those who are, are believers in Jesus. They're Jews, but they're believers. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teachings, you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. And I'm going to talk about four things right off the bat, and this could be a sermon series in itself, but this is just the foundation. Uh, letter A, write this down. First of all, we need to talk about the person, the person, write that down. The person in this verse is obviously Jesus. He, he, he's saying, if you hold to my teaching, this is Jesus speaking, so it's, this is about Jesus. Letter B, we're going to talk about the principles, the principles. And the principles, when, when Jesus said, said, I want you to hold to my teaching, those are the principles. Those are the truths that, that, that Jesus is obviously not only speaking to them, but really speaking to us as well, knowing full well that his words were going to be written in a book 
And 2,000 years later, we were going to be studying those words. Isn't that amazing? Like God knew of this moment right here, right now. And Jesus no doubt said some things in the moment, not only for that generation, but can I, can I challenge you a little bit? He said some things for this generation. And we need to listen to that. So we're talking about the person of Jesus and the principles that he's teaching, the teachings that he has. Let us see. We're going to talk about the process the process. So he, he not only says, hey, here are my teachings, but he said, no, I want you to hold to my teachings. I, uh, meaning this, I want you to embrace my teachings. Embrace my teachings. Oh, okay, so let me break that down for you. By the way, those spaces out to the side, you can write that down. You know, Jesus, the first one, the second one's teachings. The third one would be uh, holding or embracing those teachings. You can write those things down. If I, if I say, you know, on my wedding day, which is almost 20 years ago now, it'll be 20 years this coming February 27th, and um, on that day, I, I looked at my wife and, and said, to have and to hold, to have and to hold until death do us part, like nobody else, Jennifer, except, except you. How many know then, if I'm to have and to hold, that if I'm ever... Um, caught in the embrace of another woman, I'm in big trouble. And I would never do that. I would never want to do that because I, I made a vow to my wife to have and to hold. Like, I don't hold anybody else. I just, I, I hold her. I hold her. I can embrace her, but I don't, I don't go around embracing others. Everybody know what I'm talking about, right? Like, she's mine and I'm hers, and we give ourselves to one another, and we embrace one another and hold each other. And, and, and Jesus is saying, hey, when, when, when I give you my teachings, I want you to embrace them. And that means if you're embracing my teachings, you're not embracing anybody else's. You're just embracing mine. Because see, and, and you know that to be true. If, if, if I embrace my wife to have and to hold, make a vow to her, you would look at me and say, you can't hold somebody else. Like, you know on the inside, that's unfaithfulness right? And Jesus said, listen, if you try to hold on to somebody else's teachings, that's unfaithfulness. Don't, don't hold on to anybody else's teachings, Jesus says, except mine. Why, why is that? Because first of all, he's the person. He's the son of God. He is, he is one of three in the Trinity. He, he is, uh, in, in fact, before all things, and in him all things hold together. He He's the one that was there at creation, everybody, and he'll be there uh, way well after the end because in him there is no end. He is eternal. He is, he is um, incredibly good, incredibly powerful, and incredibly eternal, incredibly majestic. Can, can I, is that, am I breaking that down to you all right? I mean, like he's Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Savior of of the world. So he's the person, and he, he has the principles, the truth that sets you free. And he says, I want you to hold to him. I want you to embrace him, and I don't want you to be unfaithful. I, I, want, you, I want you to hold to these teachings. And, and Jesus would look at you in today's vernacular and say, don't cheat on me. Don't cheat on me. And if you come into a relationship with Jesus, what you're saying, if you're saying, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, then you're also looking at Jesus saying, Jesus, I won't cheat on you. I'm not gonna look to other sources for fulfillment. You are the source of my fulfillment, right? Like, I'm not gonna cheat on you, Jesus. But, but can I tell you, there are a lot of Christians who are cheating on Jesus. 
They're, 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 yeah, they believe part of the word of God, but they're not holding to the word of God. And can I tell you, a lot of this series is about that. Like I'm going to talk about some issues in this series that, that are uh, cultural in nature, but I, but I believe there are people in this church that are really struggling with this. Well, I'll take a little bit of Jesus, but you know what? This other teaching makes sense to me, even though it's not in the Bible, or even though the Bible contradicts it. I kind of like that teaching, and I'm going to take that too. And, and what I'm going to state from the beginning is don't, don't cheat on Jesus. Hold to his teachings. How many mature believers think that that's a subject needs to be talked about today? Right? We need to, we need to be faithful to Christ. So he says, hold to my teaching. It's the process. And then, of course, letter D is the product. The product is knowledge and freedom. Remember, he says, if you hold to my teaching, you, will, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth. You'll have knowledge. You'll know the truth. And that knowledge of the truth will set you free. So, so, so it's the person, it's the principles, it's the process, and then the product is knowledge. You're going to be wise, and you're going to be free. So if I were to look at anybody in this room and say, how many of us want, you don't have to answer this, but how many of you want to be wise and you want to be free, like really free? All of us would say, yeah, I want that. I want that. Well, Jesus says, listen, you hold on to me. You look to me. You embrace my teachings. And that's what we're going to talk about in this series, holding on to the person, the principles, the process, and the product that is offered in and through Jesus. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through, through me. So Jesus is the truth. We find out in John chapter 1 that, that the Bible says Jesus was full of grace and truth. He was full of of grace and truth. That's in John chapter 1, verse 14. And then also in verse 17, says the same thing, that he is grace and truth. And yet on the opposite side, John chapter 8, again, very famous portion of scripture, verse 44 in John 8, the devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Everybody say no truth. There's no truth in the devil. Let me say it this way. Anything outside of the word of God is not truth. Truth is only found in the word of God. So if you look to any other source outside of the word of God, you will not find truth. You'll only find lies. Watch this, everybody. He's not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar. And, by the way, the father of all lies, the father of all lies. But let me say it this way, he is the author of lying. He, he is the creator of lies, okay, everybody? So it's something that he does really, really well. Like, he's incredibly good, the devil is, at lying. And by the way, if you believe his lies and you know the truth sets you free, then if you're believing lies, and that means you're a prisoner, you're not free. Okay, I'm going to teach this to you. Are you hanging with me so far? Okay, let's go, let's go a little bit different. So, well, let me say it this way. Everybody look up here. So, so I, know, I know what you're saying, you're going to say, because I'm about to tell you what your biggest enemy is. And immediately, a lot of you guys are going to say the devil. A lot of you guys are going to say, well, it's obviously that the devil is, is the enemy. And I, I get it. There are verses, you know, by the way, I, I know 1 Peter 5.8 says that your enemy, the devil, 
prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So is it true that the devil is our enemy? Absolutely. Absolutely, he's our enemy. Okay. In fact, um, Matthew 13, 39 says, uh, really just flat out, the, the enemy is the devil. The enemy is the devil. But is he the biggest enemy in your life? Now, that's a different question. And, and I'm going to challenge you on something. And on the one hand, I'm going to say, yes, he is the biggest enemy. But on the other hand, uh, you, you might be a little bit surprised, okay? So, so you ready for this? Let, let me say it this way. If he, if he is our enemy and our biggest enemy, yet the Bible goes out of its way to say who we are in Christ Jesus. Let, let me say it like this. In fact, I, I wrote some verses. I got some verses for you this morning. Didn't write them down. I just have them here on my phone. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how many know we have victory as Christians? Okay, so we have an enemy, yes, but we also have victory. But thanks be to God, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, for the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you what? The victory, to give you the victory. How many know we're victorious in Jesus? Okay, watch this, Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who in the world could be against us? That was a little paraphrase of mine, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Romans 6, 14. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Uh, Romans 8, 37 says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So again, let me ask you then, are, are we as Christians victorious? Can we walk in victory? Okay, now the enemy is, is the devil, but the Bible goes out of his way. And that, by the way, that's just a few. I could give you far more than that. That says, hey, listen, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are fully victorious. We are fully victorious. Like we are, the Bible says, overcomers. We are overcomers. Like we're victorious. So what's our biggest enemy? Well, it is the, it is the enemy. It's the devil. But let's write this down. Number one, my biggest enemy is actually the lie or the lies that I believe. Why? Now, now, let me break this down to you because, because you're like, okay, where are you going with this? Well, well, watch me here. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me now. Okay. Um, some of you got that. So if you're over the age of 35 or 40, you might not have gotten that. Um, if, if, yeah, I'm sorry. Some of you are having, like, oh, yeah. Watch me now. Okay, so Jesus said, if you hold to my, my teachings, to my truth, the truth will set you free. Truth sets you free. That automatically means then that lying or, or lies that you are believing puts you in bondage, right? So let me ask you this question. If you're not believing any lies of the enemy, are you going to be free or are you going to be in bondage? 
See, the, 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 let, let me say it like this. The issue that I've seen in, in Christians' lives for 20 years of full-time ministry, now that I've been in ministry for 20 years full-time, the, the biggest thing that I've seen in the lives of, of believers aren't necessarily attacks from the enemy, although those things happen. What I've seen the, what I've seen the majority of the time are the lies that Christians believe. Okay, does the enemy attack? Yes, the enemy will attack. Does he put sickness upon you? Yeah, he comes to kill and to steal and destroy. No doubt he is our enemy and, and a big enemy. But, but to make matters worse, to, to, to make things worse in your life is not just to have an enemy, but to have an enemy that you believe You want me to prove this to you? So I, I, I was thinking about this. Like, God, you got to speak to me. And I, I really was really praying about this. God, what, what is my biggest enemy? What is my, what is my biggest enemy? And I realized, right off the bat, I realized all of the miraculous things that Jesus has done in my life. And I have realized the times that he has gone before me and he prepared a way for me. And he provided for me supernaturally. And he cut off the attacks of the enemy. And, and I've been amazed at the miraculous in my life and in my family's life. I can give you so many, I mean, I can give you so many moments where I called out to God and God just answered. God just answered. And I was thinking, well, what is the biggest enemy? Because God has always brought me through. Like, God has always been gracious and merciful and powerful in my life. So what's my biggest enemy? Is my biggest enemy the fact that I'm going to be attacked? Well, every other time I've been attacked by the enemy, God's always prevailed. I'm still sitting here. I'm still blessed. I'm still favored of God. My life is good. I mean, come on, everybody. Your life is good. You, you woke up in a bed this morning, you know? Come on, you, you had a car to drive to church in. I, like, your life is good. You had, you had things to eat this morning. Some of you ate very healthy and healthy. Some of you didn't. Some of you had donuts. Some of you had McDonald's, right? Like, come on, life is good. Life is good. Hasn't God been good to you? Hasn't he made a way out where there seemed to be, where there was no way out, it seemed, but he made a way out for you? Like those things that you were up all night about like five years ago that you stayed up and you were convinced that it was going to be bad. You don't even remember what those things are now. Like I know I've had bad days, but what were those things? See, God's been good to you. God's been good to you. See, the problem that I have isn't, isn't about God's goodness or about God's truth. The problem that I have in my life is when I believe the enemy. The problem that I have in my life is when I believe a lie instead of truth, because truth sets me free, but a lie leaves me in bondage. I don't want to be in bondage. I, I, I don't want to be a prisoner. And I'm going to prove this to you in, in Scripture. Hang with me here. Believing a lie makes me a prisoner of deception. That's number two. So my biggest enemy is the lie that I believe, and believing a lie makes me a prisoner of deception. What, what does the devil do first and foremost? Let me say it like this. What does the devil do first and foremost? What, what, his, what is his ultimate scheme in your life? Lying. 
The, the Bible doesn't say that, that the devil is the, the, um, the father of attacks. He doesn't say he's the father of sickness. By the way, all those things are true, though. He is the father of those things. Those things came into the world because of the tricks of the enemy. He says, the Bible says, though, it goes out of its way to say, though, the, the devil is the father of lies, the father of of lies, the father of lies. So believing a lie makes me a prisoner of deception. Let me show you this, everybody. This is good stuff, by the way. Second Corinthians 10, this is all going to make sense to you in a second. Second Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, to demolish strongholds. Now, He's obviously talking about, hey, hey, you know, what we're fighting is not a carnal battle. It's not a, a battle of flesh. It is a battle in the spirit. It, it's, it, it's a battle that we have to face in faith. We have to live by faith and walk by faith. We have to face it in prayer. The, the Bible says uh, there are multiple ways to face this enemy. In fact, everybody, if you read the Sermon of, of the Mount, there, there are three things that Jesus says that are, are very unique. A lot of the times he's just talking, he's just preaching the sermon, but he says three things that are all very sim similar in the Sermon of the Mount. You can study this for yourself. He says, when you pray, do it this, this way, and when you fast, do it this way, and when you give, do it like this. And what he's saying, and he get, he, those are, and by the way, that's a sermon all by itself right there. Like there, if you want to be victorious in your life, there's three things that you can do. If you want to offset the attacks of the enemy in your life, you need to pray, you need to fast, you need to give. You need to pray, you need to fast, you need to give. Like it's just, it's just a truth that Jesus, in, in, uh, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the fact that he is the word, he gives us in the Sermon on the Mount. So there are ways to overcome the attacks of the enemy. And he says our attacks, the attacks that we feel, most of the time, they're, they're, they're not flesh attacks, they're spiritual attacks. So like my mom texted me this morning, and she said, hey, Justin, pray for your dad. He's not feeling well. We're not going to be in church. And I said, oh, I'll pray for him right now. Well, I didn't run to his house first to see him. I ran to God first. Why? Because sickness, I believe, is a spiritual attack. If the devil comes to kill and steal and destroy and Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance. Well, sickness isn't life, is it? And that, that sickness is a part of killing and stealing and destroying. That's what sickness is a part of. So I acknowledge, I acknowledge the enemy. I know who the enemy is. And so I pray immediately. Now, some of you run to doctors first when you get sick. I've learned in my life, I don't run to a doctor first. I run to God first. By the way, the Bible says that we're to do that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be given unto you, like health can be yours if you just seek him first. Is that too much for you guys? Am I going too far? Okay, you're, you're hanging with me, right? You know, that's all that's in the Bible. It's, it's in the Bible, right? And we're Bible believers, are we not? Okay, so we run to God first. We run to God first because God holds the answer. And there's the, these attacks that come on us, but they are spiritual in nature. That's what he says, hey, we don't fight like the world fights. No, we fight differently. One of the ways that Jesus taught us to fight was prayer and fasting and giving. But he uses this word here. He said, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, I put in your sermon notes here, strongholds from the helps lexicon. That word is oxyroma, and it means a fortified military stronghold, a strong-walled fortress used only in 2 Corinthians 10.4, the verse that we just read, 
Oxaroma is actually, it's, it's actually a, a, a different version of a root word, and it means something a little bit different. It means a heavily fortified containment. Let, let me say it this way, a heavily fortified prison. A heavily fortified prison, a containment, something to keep people inside. Now, now this is just a copy and paste right out of the Helps lex, Lexicon. And is used figuratively, this word oxyroma is used figuratively of a false argument in which a person seeks shelter or a safe place to escape reality. To escape reality. What, what's that mean? It's a false argument in which a person seeks shelter to escape a reality. It's a, it's a false argument. It's a lie. It's a lie that somebody chooses to believe in order to escape reality, and they think that they're safe. That's what that word means. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so that means, everybody, that, that if we're fighting this fight, we don't wage war as the world wages. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish to demolish false arguments, to demolish lies that we believe in order to escape reality. Let me say it this way, that one of the biggest attacks, in fact, I believe the biggest enemy that you and I will ever face are the lies that the devil tells us. Because if we believe him, we have a stronghold in our life, and it's not that of Christ. We have a stronghold in our life. We, we are in, we, we are in this, this containment, this heavily fortified prison. By the way, God says, hey, there is a way to fight that. But it's not a flesh type of fight. No, it's a spiritual battle. Prayer and fasting and giving. Through, through seeking the Lord, through believing the truth, because the truth is what sets you free. It's what sets you free. So, so there are people who have come into my office and say, hey, Pastor, we didn't talk to you, and, and we're having this issue and this issue and this issue, and I'm going to deal with one of those issues today because it's not going to be in the series, but it is going to be in this moment. It is going to be in this moment, but not in this series. Okay, everybody? So I'm not going to talk about this for the next three weeks. It's just now. But, but one of the biggest... Uh, let, let me say it like this. We've had people come in and say, boy, pastor, we need, we need counseling. You know, our relationship is, is not very good at all. Okay, well, let's talk about that. And they'll, they'll, they'll tell us everything that's happening, everything that's happening. And I'll look at them and I'll say, are you guys living together without being married? Well, yeah. Okay, I don't want to talk about those other things. I just want to talk about that. Oh, <laughs> No, 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 we're, we're fine. You know, if you knew what we came out of, if you knew, if you knew what past relationships were like, if you knew that we're, you know, we're really scared and we've been hurt and no, 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 I don't, I don't want to talk about what you're doing with that. I want to talk about that because there's sin in your life. The Bible says, by, by the way, everybody, that premarital sex is just, it's a sin. Cohabitation, it's a sin. It's, it, the Bible, the, the King James word for that is fornication. If you're, if you're intimate with somebody else before you're married, but everybody, can I just tell you what culture will not tell you? It's a sin. It's a sin. It doesn't mean we don't love you. It doesn't mean that we're not going to stand by you and help you. In fact, there's been a lot of, a lot of people who said, yeah, Pastor, you're right. You're right. We know that's a sin. We need to deal with that. Okay, let's deal with that. 
Let's deal with that. And we just walk them, we just walk them through the word of God. And, and it's amazing, everybody, when, when sin comes out of their life and they say, you know what, we're gonna embrace God's way. We're gonna do this God's way. All, the, the original issue that brought them into my office is no longer an issue anymore, everybody, because there was a root to the problem and the root was rebellion against the things of God. The root was believing a lie. They thought it was no big deal, but it, but it is a big deal. And it's our job to say, no, no, no. You, you, see, you, you want counseling for the flesh, but we're not dealing with the flesh. We're dealing with the spiritual. Why are you sinning against God? Oh, but so, some, some, sometimes you're like, oh, I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm, I'm out. And we don't see them in church anymore because they were confronted. But we, we always do that in a very loving way, not to judge, to bring healing, actually. We do it because we want God's best for them. But if, if you believe a lie, that's not God's best for you. That's actually prison. That, that's actually, you're in a fortified containment. Like you have a stronghold in your life. I don't want you to live with a stronghold in your life. I don't want you to live like that. So why, why would I help you deal with the flesh when we really need to deal with the spiritual? Can I tell you, some, some of you are facing things in the flesh and you need to stop that need to deal with some things in the spiritual. You need to take truth and embrace it because truth sets you free. Some of you have built, can I say this? Some of you have built your own strongholds and you're blaming others for the prison that you created. Is that too much? It's true though, isn't it? I mean, some of you, you've created the stronghold that you hate. You've created the prison that you hate because you believed a lie. But you didn't have to believe that lie. You could have embraced the truth, but you just, you just didn't. And you built a prison for yourself. The biggest enemy that I think that you face and I face, when I believe the lies that the devil tries to convince me of, because when I believe him, I'm in trouble. But if I stand firm in the faith, oh, my God's going to come in and do something mighty. He's going to show himself powerful on my behalf. He's going to rescue me. He's going to take his right hand, the Bible says, and bring me up out of the miry pit. Out of the, he, he's he's going to deliver me. New song. See, can I, that's, that's, now you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that my biggest enemy is the devil because I'm, I'm victorious in Christ Jesus. I think my biggest enemy is the lies that I believe because lies put me in prison. They put me in bondage. So, so even if you say, you know what, I, I believe the truth. I believe all of the word of God. Okay, you still have an enemy, and you're going to be attacked, but you're going to be victorious. You're going to win. I, I should say it this way. God's going to win for you. God's going to win for you. You're going to be delivered. You're going to be healed. You're going to receive the miraculous. God, God's going to show up. He's going to provide for you. He's going to do the miraculous for you. But, but sometimes God is saying, listen, I don't want you to be in that prison. I, but, I, but you need to believe the truth, though. And right now, you're choosing to be in that prison because you're believing a lie. God doesn't want you to live there. He doesn't want you to be there. But you need to do something. You need to start waging war. But can I tell you, it's not just against the enemy. It's against your belief system. It's against your worldview. It's against the lies that you have believed. It's good stuff. Let, let, let me say it this way. Number three, write this down. The lie that I believe 
the lie that I believe keeps me from God's best. Think about this. The lie that you believe keeps you from God's best. Keeps you from God's best. The, the best example of this is Genesis chapter 3. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And we know that the serpent is actually the devil. And he said to the woman, did God really say? We're going to come back to that. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, how many knows that the, that the lies the devil gives us looks good and is pleasing to the flesh, isn't it? So when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she, she took some and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together, and they made coverings for themselves. So uh, most theologians b uh, believe this is not really in Scripture, but most, in fact, if not all of them, believe that right after this is the very first question that the woman asked the man. The very first question that the woman asked the man was, do these leaves make me look fat? <laughs> most theologians believe that. That's just, that's the fib. I did. It just came to me. I don't know what... <laughs> So no, dear, not at all. <laughs> See, smart guy, that Adam. So no, you look great, dear. Let, let me say this, everybody. Let me say this. Okay, hang with me here for a second, because I'm trying to teach you something here. The devil is your enemy, but the devil's also a liar. And, and the biggest problem that you'll face in your life is not necessarily an attack from the enemy as much as it is a lie that you will believe that he gives you because those lies that you believe hold you in bondage. If you don't believe his lie, you won't be in bondage. And as, as we see in this portion of Scripture, the very first sin of mankind, the devil leans over to Adam and Eve, and he says, did God really say? Like, like, are you really going to believe that? And my question to all of you this morning is, when you read things in the Bible, I believe the devil is going to whisper in your ear, God really say that? And, and you know, you might put your head down your Bible and say, yeah, okay, yeah, he really said that. But then all of a sudden, you're going to put down the Bible, you're going to walk away from it, and something is going to be offered to you. It's pleasing to look at, that's desirable, and you're going to ask yourself that question. Yeah, but God really say that? Did, oh, or maybe this one. Uh, okay, did God really mean that, though? 
Did God really mean that? And the answer to that question determines whether you're going to walk in freedom or whether you're going to be put in a prison. How you answer that question has life-altering results. How you answer that question will bring freedom to your life or will create a stronghold that some take years and years and years before they get out of it. Dare I say, some people never do. Did God really say that? Like, like when you're tempted to do something against the Word of God, that you know what God said. You know what God said. You know. Yeah, but really? Yeah, but really? Your answer to that question is huge. Do not answer that question according to the flesh. But you answer that question according to the Spirit. And you'll be free. Some of you, I believe, are believing lies right now. You're believing some lies right now. You know good and well they're lies. One more time isn't going to hurt. One more, one more look, that's, that's no big deal as you sit at your computer. One more phone call to that person who's not your spouse, that's not going to hurt. One more text to them, that's not going to hurt. That's not going to hurt. One more drink, that's not going to hurt. That's not gonna one more drink, that's not going to hurt. One more time of hanging out with these friends, that, that God really, no, that's not going to hurt. See what I'm saying? Can I tell you, we may ask it different ways, but we're asking that question all the time. Did God really say? Did God really say? And in today's culture, you have a choice. Are you going to adhere to the Word of God? Let me say this. Are you going to embrace the teachings of Christ? Or are you going to cheat on Him? As for me, I've just made a determination in my life to the very best of my ability by the grace of God and His Holy Spirit. I'm going to believe the truth. I'm going to reject the lies. I don't want to live my life in a prison. I want to be free. I want to be free. And that means I'm going to look different from the world. That means when I'm at a, a casino hotel and they say, Why are you, what are you doing here? I came to spend some time with Jesus. How many know that looks different from the world, right? that looks different from the world. As everybody's going into that casino, I was going out. Spend some time with Jesus. It just looks different to the world. Every, everywhere I go, I, 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 don't, I don't mean this in the wrong way. I'm just being honest with you guys. I, I, can't, I, I can't hide who I am in Christ. Like, when I go somewhere, people know. They just know. Something's different about me. And that's, that's, that's the grace of God in my life. 
that's it's something, let me say it this way, it's something I wouldn't trade for the world. Wouldn't trade that for the world. When I, when I walked into that church, that little church on Sunday morning, this past Sunday morning, and worshiped with those believers, wonderful group of people. Can I tell you, I stuck out. I'm just gonna be honest with you. In El Paso, uh, the vast majority of people there are not big red-headed white guys. <laughs> I, I stand out in the crowd, okay? And when I walked in this church, I, I was the only one that looked white, everybody. Everybody else, were, they, they all were Mexicans, they, they, or Mexican heritage. They, they bilingual, multiple people that, you know, had the headphones on because they didn't even understand English. And literally, I, I think I, there might have been three white guys in the room, maybe three. And, and I loved it all the more. Can I be honest with you? I just loved it all the more. I just love that culture. I love that people. And, and, um, and yet when I walked in, people, who, people knew who I was before I said a thing. And they knew I could be trusted before I said a thing. And they knew, they knew I loved Jesus before I said a thing. Because what's on the inside, it just it just comes out. It's it's because everybody, I, the grace of God in my life. Because I've just chosen. I don't want to live a lie. I want to live in truth. I want to live in truth. The biggest enemy that I think you'll ever have, the biggest enemy that you'll ever have, is the lie that you believe. Let's not believe lies. And I'm going to confront some lies over this series. And I'm going to challenge you. And there are going to be some people who say, praise God, I don't believe that lie. But there's going to be some others like, oh, wow, I got a choice to make. And yet that's my job as your pastor, as the teacher here, to reveal to you what's the truth and what isn't. Now, your response is your responsibility. I, I can't determine that. But as for me, my house, we're going to hold to the teachings of Jesus. We're going to embrace him. We're going to embrace his teachings. We're going to be faithful to him. We're going to be faithful to his word. How many thinks it's time for some pastors in America to be faithful to the word of God? Hey, but we're going to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh God, help us to be faithful to your word. Help us to not ever believe lies from the enemy. We know he's speaking them all the time. That's his native language. That's what he does best. That's just what he does most. Just lies. All of us, Lord, have been lied to by the enemy. And help us to know when he's lying. Help us to know the truth. Strengthen us to choose the truth even if it goes against culture, even if it goes against what our family says or what, what our best friend says or what our coworkers say, Lord, even if it goes against those, what, what people around us would say, Father, help us to choose truth every single time. Like, let, it, let us stand up in this generation for truth. Let us, let us be the ones that hold to the word of God no matter what even if it's politically incorrect, even if, even if people are going to look down at us, 
Lord, help us to hold to your word, to embrace it, to be faithful to you in this very dark generation. It's only getting worse, Lord. There's some people in this room, Lord, that have been tempted, are being tempted to give in. I pray over them today, Father. Give them courage. Give them an outpouring of your spirit. Give Give them your overwhelming presence so that they would not only know the right choice, but they would have the discipline to choose it and that they would walk in freedom. For those of us in this room that we've been believing the lies, Lord, I ask you before we go any further in this series, reveal to us the lies that we are believing. Sometimes we don't even know that we're believing lies. We need you to reveal those things to us, Father. When you do, help us to reject them. Give us the strength to reject the lies and to embrace the truth found in your word. So, Lord, I pray that a spirit of repentance would break out in this church, especially over the next few weeks, as you deal with us about some issues that we need to talk about, we need to to study, that we need to, some truths that we need to believe and lies that we need to reject. Father, give us the grace, give us the power to fully believe you and to fully reject the lies of the enemy. We pray it all. In your name, Jesus. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www dot new dash song dash church dot com backslash next steps thank you to all of you who consistently give serve and pray you are the ones that god is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of christ we hope you tune in next week